guys having a wonderful day. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, today we're, we're here to talk about uh, the unfortunate killing of Tupac Shakur. And in case you guys don't know, uh, there was a recent arrest uh, of a brother named Keefe D, who uh, apparently allegedly had a lot, had something to do with uh, what happened with Pac. And uh, and I'm going to tell you what, you know, when it comes to the uh, to what happened to Tupac, I know a lot of us for many years have been very upset about it, uh, have always wondered what happened, if they would ever solve it on any level, why it took so long to get here. And, uh, you know, when I first heard about the arrest, let me tell you all this. Um, I, uh, I, I I reached out to one person that I know I know is going to have some some insights into all of it. Uh, because he's a hip-hop historian, he's a great artist, he's a great community activist. Uh, his name is, he goes by the name Vigilante, uh, a.k.a. Roger Suggs. He's out of Kansas City, Kansas. That's KCK, not KC Mo. for those of y'all that don't recognize. What's going on, Vig? How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain, man. This is how I get trying to make it. That's it. That's it. And looking at this crazy story. Yeah, man, it's it's kind of it's kind of bananas, man. And uh, and actually, before I get started, can y'all give me a yes in the chat? Give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me. Uh, I just want to make sure my audio, our audio is good. Uh, can y'all hear loud and clear? Give us a yes in the chat. Uh, just let us know our audio solid because when I first came in, uh, bitch couldn't hear me. So because because I had some audio issues. So give me a yes in the chat. Also, don't forget this podcast is also on Spotify and Apple. So if you go to Spotify and Apple. Uh, you can find it there. Just look up the name Boyce Watkins. Okay, I'm seeing the yeses. Thank you, Stephanie and Kevin. And my name is Corey William Phillips. Good to see you, Lashawn Rush. Uh, I see you, Richard Toller. Okay, perfect. All right, so let's 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 get started, man. Let's start from the jump. Uh, first things first. So when Keefe D got arrested for what happened with Tupac, what was uh, you know as a person who's followed hip hop for many years, you you are you are singularly. And I want everybody to know this. Vigilante. That's the name he goes. I'll put his name on the screen. He's single-handedly the most knowledgeable person I know when it comes to hip hop, and 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 I and I know some knowledgeable people. My friend D One is teaching at he was teaching at Harvard last year. I know a lot of other you know people that teach, but but when I tell you this brother knows more about the history of hip hop than anybody I've ever seen, he should be teaching at Harvard or Stanford or something. Uh, so so man, so so I went to you because I said I know he's gonna have something to say about this. What was your first reaction when Keefe D got got arrested? Countdown. We knew it was coming way back in 2017, 2018, 2019. He just, it's something about, there's this no slander, or it could be if you want to be. Vlad, I don't know what it is for people to love to get on TV or get on internet and love to tell their gangster stories as though there's some type of war vet that's fighting a real war. That's the first thing. So they get up there and they made that popular. Let me tell you what we used to do in the streets. To me, it's the worst thing because there may be people still in the streets doing what you're doing and you tell them exactly what street you was on and these things. So he got the talk and he was like, and you know, somehow when you connect Vlad with rappers that still got stuff questionable, it always turned out like this for the most part. And it's like either two spark spirit wouldn't let him rest, but he had it right in his hand. If he had to shot up, this wouldn't even be a situation, but he kept talking and he kept talking and people just counted down like it's going to be a matter of time before it happens. You have people like Choke No Joke and different people that was talking about it way back then and saying, watch, if he don't stop, they're going to reopen this case and then they're going to grab him. And then you got all this side debris that may come because of this thing. Just watch. This is just the tip of the iceberg. You hope that it stops here, but I got a sneaky suspicion it's going to be more to it than this. 
But yeah, we knew it. We knew it. So, so when you say with, with you know, and it's funny you do talk about Vlad. You you right. Let's we start right there, man. I I I I've been on Vlad a few times. Mm-hmm. I ain't got fortunately I ain't got nothing to snitch on. You know what I mean? Like I I I, I wasn't there when Pac got killed. Um, you know, but R.I.P. to Pac and R.I.P. Uh, my best friend Greg Wilkins got. Uh, I was the same age as Tupac by maybe a few days actually. Um, and uh, my best friend Greg Wilkins got shot in the head by his uh, by by some guy in a, in, uh, in a situation that wasn't he had nothing to do with it, uh, and it was right in front of his daughter. So that that was just a time I think the '90s were really hard for black men because you saw a lot of guys going to prison, a lot of guys getting killed, you know. And then the music starts glorifying the death of young black men. So it was a really tough time to be a black man at that time. But uh, but you know, I I I've been on Vlad a few times, and uh, and you're right, man. I. I, I remember feeling kind of like, uh, you know, like when Dame, I hung out with Dame Dash a lot at the time. And I remember Dame used to talk about Vlad as a culture vulture. Mm-hmm. And I still remember when Vlad called me one time to, to because he called me to talk to talk to me about Dame Dash. Cause I mm-hmm. said something, I said, yeah, me and Dame Dash are doing something called intelligent boss moves. Maybe you want to take a look at that. And, uh, and he said, you know, he said, well, let me tell you about Dame. He said, uh, Dame, um, he said, he, he, he told me a story about how Dame went off on Harvey Weinstein because of weird stuff Weinstein was doing with women in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. This was before Weinstein went down. This was when mm-hmm. everybody loved him. This is when Michelle Obama was kicking it with him. Oprah was hanging out with him. Everybody loved Harvey Weinstein for a long time. And even before Weinstein went down, Dame was one of the first people. Shout out to him for this. He was one of the first people to say, this man is messed up. Like he went And he went off on him in public. And everybody's like, you're crazy. How would you go off on Harvey Weinstein? He's so respected. Well, now we see how that ended, right? So yeah. That, and I still remember, so I remember Vlad calling me about that. But then I also remember feeling like, huh, okay, so, you know, you really are making millions of dollars, uh, not just sort of taking this part of our culture. Some of it is a sad part of our culture. You know what I mean? The killings and all that. Don't nobody mm-hmm. celebrate that shit except you. But then also you get these guys to come on the air and snitch. Now they're grown men; they do what they want. But what is it about this attention-seeking behavior, you know, that that leads these guys to just? I mean, why would you incriminate yourself, especially as twenty years later? It don't make sense to me. Incentive. It's incentive. You know, the um, music, like you say, how the nineties switched up. Can you imagine if we had social media as big as we have it now in the nineties? You're talking a disaster. Um, but it's that incentive to be seen. It's a um, song by Goody Marl on the um, Still Standing album. It's called The End Experience. He said, what an end does, what a, you know, what a person does, all for another end to see. So it's just something comforting about telling your story. Everybody want to see who's the most gangsterous, who's the toughest. And now he pays certain people to get on his show. Like Boosie, he pays, and, uh, and others he pays. So you get this attention. You know, that social media attention. And now for the guys that, like you say, 20 years later, it's kind of not relevant unless they talk about their gangster tales, right? Mm-hmm. So they get up there and think about it. Like a war vet or a vet from the NBA back in the days, we used to do this and that. And the jaw on their face or how gangster he is. But the whole thing is the opposition is somebody that looked like you. So we are marveling over these stories of people that look just like you and telling those tales about these gangster stories. And then you get a book, you get the attention, other media outlets want to interview you. And you're not thinking about the deal that you made to keep you protected. You violated that. And then he'll bring you on and on. Now you even got Vlad allegedly talking about it was his show 
that solved the Tupac case. Mm, mm. So, so he's incentivizing off of that because it's like if you let the cheese down and the mice get it and it smacks them, you would think that when you see that, you would stop. But why have these rappers not stopped going to his show? Why haven't it? Because incentive offers another person to see. It don't even matter. We just erase it. We erase it. You ever see a picture, man, stand on the mound and he's looking down at the catcher and he, the catcher threw a sign and then he'll shake it off like this? Guess what we do? We see signs of life that tell us to stop. We shake it off and keep going until we fall into the trap. It's like his soul couldn't rest, so he had to keep talking. And now it's too late. And now let's see the art of confusion, brother. Let me say this. Everything is about confusion right now. So let's see if he tells other things that people will believe it or not. And is he just a, a part of a bigger plan that they want to get out? See, all this stuff is on the table because how social media have made everything. We don't know what's true and what's fake because everything is getting pushed. You got former um, bodyguards talking about certain things that happen. And, you know, and we can't dismiss it because, you know, the conspiracy theory person is winning right now in everything. <laughs> We're winning. So when you so, see this. So, so hold on, let, let me ask you this. Let me interrupt you on that. So you're saying that you think that there's a possibility that what Keefe D is saying just might be, he might just be making it up. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he had a lot of details. He, he, he explained. No, no, not, the night. Making up, not making oh, up the story ahead. of Pac or what happened, but you also knew, and it almost make me think, did he already know he's going to go down? Because he started putting out, I think I sent you this video. He started telling a story about how Puffy needs to pay pay off how he did sacrifices mm -hmm. for puffy he started throwing other people names into the party before he went out he's always said that he was protection for puffy and puffy owes him money for the favors and stuff like that when you start saying that we all knew about the east coast west coast alleged beef right so when you got a guy that claimed that he was in the car that shot you know um Tupac, is it because of uh, orlando or is it is because of somebody paid them off? So you had all rumors even back then talking about it was a hit on Pac and Biggie. So you and then they said now that this happened, watch the Biggie stuff drop. And then you got some certain officers back during that time when Pac died that was talking about this was a hit and a, a different type of thing. So by him talking, I don't know if he's distraction to bring everything else in because they could have been got Keefe D. Think about it. He's mm -hmm. been violated that little order. Well, it seemed to me like like they probably wanted to put it to bed. You know, like they weren't. I, I, I my thought was, tell me if you agree with this. Mm -hmm. You know, my thought was that they had kind of just you know did what they always do, which is a black man gets killed and it's not a big deal. They just kind of say whatever. You know, um, that same year I told you when my best friend Greg Wilkins got killed, we would say Major's Pac. Um, you know, the police did not investigate the same week, the same week, my best friend got shot in the head in front of his daughter, a white woman from the suburbs who worked at a bank got shot on her way to work. They said that, that, that story was front page news every day. It was on the media. They had a candlelight vigil. They had a $25,000 reward. They had to find that killer. Cause she was a white woman. Mm -hmm. My best friend, Greg, they put his, his killing like at the bottom. He got killed a few blocks from where Brianna, Brianna Taylor lived. Uh, mm -hmm. he, they put it in the back of the newspaper on the very bottom. They didn't investigate. 
for many years, almost 20, 20 some years. Again, he got same year as Pac. Uh, his family was like, we know who did it. We know the guy. Like everybody been talking to him. Everybody in the hood knows who shot him. But the, the police are like, well, whatever. Right. So I almost wonder if with Pac, it was kind of similar in the sense that they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, and then Keefe D is talking, talking, talking. And people are coming to the cops and saying, this guy's pretty much handing you the confession. Like, I feel like they could have arrested him. If they were going to arrest him, they could have arrested him probably in 2012. 2013. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what yeah, do you think? I mean, think so, but he had he had some type of deal on the table, though. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. um, they they said that he wouldn't at the time wasn't the shooter. So the deal on the table that was already set. If he don't talk, they don't solve Tupac case. So that's what I'm saying is that you're right. They could have arrested him, but they didn't care about that. But he kept talking. There was a deal in place. They make a deal with you and say you don't do this then you're good. Then what you try to do is don't do that. You don't do that. You don't talk about Tupac, talk about anything else you want to talk about, but you don't talk about that case. But if you mm-hmm. get on a show and you violate that, then you open. Now we're just going to sit back and see what else do you give us. And sometimes who else is connected to you? Is it just a straight, simple argument inside of the um, casino or whatever? And stomp down to get um, get back, or was it something more sinister? Was it something that conspiracy theorists like to say? What? How did they know this? This person pulled up. Why did they shoot um, Shook and all these different things? Did they see the killer? You know, those things pops up. So, but maybe who's behind them? Who is behind mm. them? Who? You know, we had these rumors that somebody else may be involved. So let's. Just see, let's grab him and see that how you know would he tell some more stuff? Would he say it wasn't me? At this point, you ain't got nothing to lose. Well, so well, that's know, what I'm saying. Because it's out there, like you're saying. Go ahead. Well, you know, well, well I was gonna right. tell everybody too, by the way, uh who coming in, uh just so everybody knows who you are. Uh, by the way, we're talking about <clears throat> the arrest of Keefe D for the killing of Tupac Shakur. Uh, if y'all can hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. I'm speaking with Vigilante uh, out of Kansas City, KCK, not KC Mo. And uh, this is his Instagram, by the way. If you want to follow him on Instagram, it's, do I have it right? Truththereason.com underscore Vigilante. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. With two, two E's at the end, B-I-G-A-L-A-N-T-A. T-E-E. There we go. Truththereason.com underscore Vigilante. B-I-G-A-L-A-N-T-E-E. I want to spell it for everybody that's listening on Spotify and also listening on Apple. Uh, also, uh, please hit that thumbs up button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, you're watching DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to remind everybody the All Black National Convention is October 20th in Atlanta. So uh, you, if you want to get tickets, uh, it's not too late. Just go to AllBlackNationalConvention.com. We are almost sold out, though, uh, so feel free to uh, grab that the hotel discount hotel rooms are only available for three more days, but we have a big discount on hotel rooms. So if you want to save some money, uh, go ahead and book your ticket now. All right. So um, let, let me let, let me hop in, man. Let, so let me ask you this then. Since they got Keefe D arrested and they got and he'd been talking and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think happens now? I mean, do you think it seems to me like tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's at least a couple of theories on this. Right. Because everybody's yeah. been a detective on Tupac for 20 something years. One is he get he got in a fight at the casino uh, mm-hmm. in Orlando Anderson. If that's if that's if that's, if that's yeah. brother's name, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know is 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 upset and uh, and he gets killed because of this fight. They went looking mm-hmm. for him after uh, after the fight, and that's how it ended. The yeah. second theory it goes bigger, right? He makes that song, hit him up. 
Now, yep. let me tell you, I, I listened to Hit Em Up and uh, one of the greatest diss songs of all time, uh, right up there with No Vaseline, right up there with The Ether, right up there with, with, with 50 Cent Ja Rule, like all of that, right? Um, but it had a little extra something to it that was uh, unprecedented. I don't think there's ever, not recent, not not up to that time, it had ever been a song kind of like, quite like that. Uh, and not, really not since, except for maybe if you count like Chicago Drill Rap, which is real serious, you know, like they really are, you know, taking bodies off of that stuff. Um, so he makes this song, right? And a lot of the OGs, Ice-T, I heard Ice-T say, he was like, he said, man, he said, Pop, he said, Pop paid that for me. I was like, man, you know, you, I don't know if you don't put that out there, man. You know, like, you know, and, and then Willie D, who you, you, who's a friend of you and I both, yeah. uh, Willie D, he said, when I first heard this song, I said, oh, somebody's about, somebody's going to get killed. That's what Willie, his specific words. Yeah. So, so this song, it had to get to everybody that had an issue with pot, like to the point where uh, there's a, that second consp- that second theory that it wasn't just he got in a fight and then he got killed. It was somebody wanted him dead that day and they set it all up. Which which of those theories do you uh, lean toward? Uh, and if there's another one, please let me know what it might be. Um, well, you got those theories. And when I, tell, I think Ice T was talking about that game talk. You know, he was getting more closer to you know. The bloods and things talking like he's a part of the gang thing. They viewed him as an artist, a homie that's close to the set. You know, um, you know, he, he spent a lot of time in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? Um, Tupac did. So it was kind of getting into that gang talk was, was putting him in that type of danger that um, Ice T was talking about. Hit him up was a response to really a lot of East Coast rappers. Um, you know, of course, Biggie. Mob D, and during that time, he was dissing a lot of artists during that time. And then, what's the East Coast, West Coast allegedly vibe source? All those magazines pushed that, had different people on the cover during that time. So, Puffy, you know, the, the Puff element, that's all kinds of stuff that's going out there, whether it's true or not. We're going to see the thing I say the gift that keeps on giving is the fact that the, I think the officer that died, I think his name Greg Keening. That was doing a case, uh, he was doing something on that and talking about how Pac got killed. There's so much stuff out there that it would keep D being the head of it now, because um he's really the only one survived, you know, that's still around, um, that was in that car at least. And there are theories out there. You look, you can go to all bloggers, and like I said, don't mean it's true, but there's some theories out there, and you will get put in there because somebody dissing you. Whether you did it or not, and then that person died, it's going to be like, well, did so-and-so have to do it? He was beefing with this person. This person got power. This person is messy. This person is known to do something with KPD, had a somewhat relationship with KPD. So that's, and then you get his bodyguard. And this is all conspiracy theory. I'm not putting nothing on the dis, the dister. Not at all. What I'm saying is, but you got his own people saying these different things. So that's getting out there. So if they grab him, they probably just like when you stop a guy from um, speeding, then you tell him to get out the car, you open up the trunk, and you might find some work in there. Or you may not. So that's the thing. You would think that if it's all clean, this should be the end of the story. This should be the end of the story. He goes to jail for the murder of uh, Tupac, throw the keys away, boom. But I don't know. And a lot of people don't know. I listen to a lot of people that really do this, man. You know, salute to Doggy Diamond. He's real good at what he do. He's like the 
a real underrated blogger that really gets busy on truths and facts. So when you look at all these other people just kind of discussing it, you don't know what it could be. And that's the scary part because you can connect certain dots to at least have a probable cause to bring people in. Hell, if they can consider bringing Drake in for XXX, you know, the murder that happened to him because they had a little beef and they was considering to bring him in to say that he had nothing to do with it, then anything's on the board. Because that was the wildest thing ever that they wanted to bring Drake in to talk about the situation, about the beef that they had. That was mm. crazy to me. I don't know what happened to that. You know, you know, I think it was last year or early this year that he, his lawyer came in place of him or something. That was that blew me away. Whoa. Wow. Strong. It had strong. Beef. So so would you say let me ask you this. Uh, you know, the big the big name that you kept hearing after um what happened with Pac or in the arrest is I kept hearing the name uh Diddy. Mm. Right. I kept I kept hearing Diddy's name popping up constantly. Um and I'd like to ask anybody else in here, give me a yes or no. How many of y'all think that Diddy should maybe at least should have been maybe questioned about this? I'm not saying that he did or didn't do it. I'm definitely not out trying to incriminate another black man. But, um, you know, I, I've heard that name a lot. And Keefe D used Diddy's name a lot. Keefe D talked about Diddy a lot. Like like you said, like you said, he talked about like you owe, you owe me, you know, hook, he was like, he's like, hook, he need to hook me up, son. He need to, you know, hook me up, give him a hook, hook me up, little son. You know, like, you know, like, like almost like, you should have you should have taken care of me like he was sending a message and uh it, like do what do you think of the chances that that diddy might be questioned about what happened with tupac uh because one thing one of the point i'll make on this i'm not sitting here again i'm not here to say he did or didn't do it i, I think that's very serious and i'm not here to accuse anybody but you know i i wouldn't just look again because you know i think i'm a mathematician i think i to me two plus two is always going to be four and what I look at it with that is I don't just look at hit him up and, and, and also just see that not just as as a fan, but also just as a black man. Like what would how would I feel if I'm a powerful, wealthy man, you know, who's who's got a bad boy reputation and and you 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 just first of all, you just really, really damn near destroyed. Try, you're trying to destroy the career of my most important artist. You know, this is economic warfare, in my opinion. Right. You, you know, I'm making millions of dollars off Biggie. And you're destroying his brand, kind of like how 50 Cent destroyed Ja Rule's brand, right? Um, second of all, you know, you, you got all this personal stuff, you know, this, this XYZ with so-and-so's wife or whatever. So Biggie is feeling some kind of way. But then on top of that, I don't just look at what happened before the homicide. Um, I'm also looking at what happened after, right? So, so I feel like, again, this is just me looking at it from an instinctual standpoint. Before the homicide, you got this, what happened with Hit Him Up? And just how crazy that was. Um, I can't imagine him not being pissed. Like, I'd be throwing stuff at the wall. I'd be mad as hell. And then you had what happened after the homicide, right? The retaliation for Pac. Mm -hmm. like, like, or at least what was perceived to be the retaliation. I'm not going to say it was. But mm -hmm. it's. It, I don't think it's a coincidence that Biggie dies right after Tupac does or a few months later, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, you wonder, like, okay, so there must have been this internal thing going on where it's like, okay, you killed our guy. Now we're going to kill yours. Well, if they're retaliating, it's almost like a basketball game where if somebody gets punched in the face, uh, the referee sees it. A lot of times they're catching the end of the fight. They're seeing where somebody hit somebody and they're like, well, why would you hit him for no reason? What's he going to say? He's going to say, no, no, no. He pushed me. He hit me first. Right. So if somebody takes out Biggie and you ask, well, why would they go kill Biggie? Then the natural reaction will be, oh, because they kill Pop. Do you see what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it does. 
but I, I say this why would I mean just to, to be an advocate why would your opposition is gone now you know if I'm you know if you're Puff he's not here now um Puff could have easily released a diss track on Tupac because Biggie had one and he said no nah. so it's almost a weight gain the perception you're right TVD but I also know this when you know you're toast think about the think about the movie um think about the movie um what's the, um New Jack City at the end you know you saw um his character say this bigger than me he started telling on everybody so if you think you're toast you're trying to throw anything you can up there to save you you know what I'm saying so that's why I'm leery but it's 50 50 but let me tell you why I'm leery in that particular thing because there also was a conspiracy theory about it was bigger than all of them that wanted those two guys out of here so you got that theory too that was did by another type of people shadow people so but with the um plus situation he um you had scoreboard at the time in 90s we was talking 96 september 13th he had scoreboard so why would he say anything mob did anybody do anything because the person that was opposing you is now gone so big is working on his um you know second album life after death so everything is the, the lane is clear it's clear for him to just do what they want right the, the lane is clear for puffy right and that's and i think that's that could be why somebody said no the lane's not really clear for you we're gonna make you suffer the way you made us suffer, right? But that'll be like, the game part, though. You see, what happened is you got that theory. But remember, if you know Pac was loved in California, he was loved to the point that let's say if Puffy wanted to be petty, it looks petty, even if he didn't want to be petty. You're coming and filming your video in California. You got a song saying, "I'm going back to Cali." Like you say, the 90s, right? Mindset definitely don't even necessarily have to be a conspiracy theory with this. You're coming back and almost like you're mocking pop when we didn't mess with you. I would have never mm. went to that city, ever. City. <laughs> so by you saying that, you yeah. know, I'm so big or that maybe the naivety of your arrogance made you go out there and not heed warning to the signs that Hey man, this town is still talk about Park. Park is bigger than you think in California, really worldwide. But California, and and, and it, the, the perception is they're gonna think anybody has something to do with it. You beef with somebody, you may not have nothing to do with it. But if that person died that you was beefing with, you're gonna be the first suspect. So, yes, that is true. Now, if these guys love to play these psychological games and do that, then they'll be like Keefe D. Eventually they'll get done. But to be fair, is he had scoreboard he's he spoke more political things towards Pac when he passed away and went into california trying to break bread and what what do you mean things, scoreboard? huh what do you mean scoreboard i don't know what you mean Score, by scoreboard. what i mean by scoreboard is like something like if me and you have uh, a problem with each other right and let's say something happens to you then if I'm still standing, I got the scoreboard on you. Like a sports, we say scoreboard. Check the scoreboard. Oh, so you saying Diddy has scoreboard on? Yeah, that situation, Bad Boy has scoreboard over Death Row at the time. You okay. know what I'm saying? Meaning that, yeah, we beefing. You saying this, but you know, unfortunately, Pac is dead now. So now that lane is open up 
for Biggie to rise. That's why Biggie life has a death, the anticipation of that. He's he's at that time, he's still surviving. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He's on radio shows and things like that. But then when they got, but they went to California. That's the thing that gives me what no good advisor would tell somebody to go to California after six months later, you know what I'm saying? Because I think he, he died six months later. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So when you get those things, it makes you think of, it can't help but to think of a conspiracy that did they have something to do with it? Was it retaliation? But when you get into the gang culture and then you kind of like you're mocking somebody by coming into their territory, mm-hmm. then you, you never know what happened. So I think that Keefe D is two, it's a two-way street with that. Keefe D could be, well, I ain't got nothing to lose. I can throw this out here. You know, when you're desperate, you're doing whatever you can to survive. Uh, but then again, if it's true, but he started like he was prepping himself for this to happen, but I kept talking about Puff and stuff towards this time. He really was talking about it on a big time you, you, level wait, this year. You th- wait, you think he was prepping or you think, I, I wonder if he just didn't understand that they could still come back and get you because there's no statute of limitations on homicide. Vlad told him. Vlad told him. Vlad's on the show. Let me tell you how gangster Vlad is. On the show, <laughs> he told him, you're not scared of any get back or things that will happen because you're speaking. So he had, I remember what LL said to Cannabis, he said, your naive confidence gets crushed by my dominance. So mm. you, you have to be so naive that the guy is telling you, and you're doing, and people, friends, everybody's telling him, and why you tell why you talking? Remember, you're street, the street code, no snitching and stuff. You're self-snitching. You know what I'm saying? You're putting books out. You know what I mean? So he, wait, he, he put wait, Keefy D has a book out. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's a book out. Yeah. I, think it's <laughs> I, a book out. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he had a book out, some type of book out or something. Out about him, I think it came out in yeah, 2017, uh, I, well, I see something called Compton Street Legend, Notorious Keefy D's, yeah, street level so accounts of Tupac. You get caught up in that. See, that's the that's the endorphins. You get it's just like a like and a heart in your page, right? I can click a heart on your page, uh, Dr. Boyce, and then you look and go, Roger, really support me. I'm just going on the thing, right? Like, 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 I hadn't listened to it or nothing. I did, so, we get these false feelings. And my thing is, if he, because he started talking about his his grandkids and stuff like that, my mind is, you had a chance, whoever it was, make your peace with God or whatever, to live off your life, without without all that. You know, if you got away with, it, you had a chance to walk off like the movies that all the people depict in. You had your Superfly moment. At the end, Superfly got away. He got away. Mm. But see, we. Normally, like Scarface, I always tell people I take Superfly over Scarface because Superfly lived to tell the story or not tell the story. Scarface went out in glory, shot up, and boom, he just got shot up and died. That, that's but everybody put Scarface on their shirts. <laughs> well, you know what, what's funny, man, is is uh, I, 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 I admit, I, I agree, I don't understand where you have to be, you know, mentally, psychologically, or financially to the point where you know you, you would just for attention or just to be relevant, you know, would want to tell everybody about something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know, um, and I think about a lot, I think a lot about my father, uh, when I see stuff like this, cause he, he kind of, my father, you know, you could kind of say my dad was a gangster in the sense that, you know, he came from Vietnam. So he's a killer. He's killed people. He, uh, mm-hmm. he was, um, 
you know, he overcame a drug addiction. He, he spent a lot. He was a, he eventually became a cop, uh, but he's also a person that has made some mistakes in his life and uh, had to, you know, deal with some things. Right. And it, it really prepared me a lot for life. And one thing my father used to say is uh, he used to say, keep your uh, enemies close and your friends closer. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, wait a minute. It's the other way around. You keep your friends close and your enemies closer. He said, no, no, no. You keep your friends closer because your friends are the ones that take you out. It's not your enemies. Your enemies are far away. You know, your enemies can't get to you. Your friends are the ones that are right there with you. They can put that knife right in your back. And um, and then he would talk about just stuff like uh, how uh, when he when he did become a cop, he talked about how many guys, how many times they could arrest people just because they thought they were they 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 let their guard down you know they they thought that it's always oh, been 15 years 20 years and they and they their conscience makes them you know maybe they fess up to a girl you know and then, and then they start cheating on the girl and the girl gets mad and goes tell the police you know mm-hmm. and he, so he would he would always say like if you ever do something that you don't want people to know you carry that shit to your grave you don't don't even tell don't tell your wife don't tell your homeboy don't tell nobody you just keep it to yourself and mm-hmm. don't do it first of all but mm-hmm. then if you do it don't don't tell it, you know. And another thing he told me that was interesting that made me think about Pac was he always said that a man who has a lot to lose should not be spending a lot of time around men who have nothing to lose. Exactly. And uh, and one of the interesting things about Pac is that he um, was a guy who always kept it real. He always he kept it street, so to speak. He was like thug life, you know. I'm not I'm never going to change stuff like that. And uh, and and I don't know. If, I wonder if he really understood at 25 years old, uh, just when you are that important and that significant. Uh, and you're around a lot of people that 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 are seeing all this. Not everybody's going to be your friend. You know, not every guy is going to be happy for you. You're going to have a lot of jealousy, a lot of envy, a lot of haters, you know. And uh, and if you're in that space where they can easily touch you, mm-hmm. you know, like Dr. Dre talked. He remember he rapped about where he said he said, I want to move to a new house on a new hill. Yeah. <laughs> like He said, I want to get away from this. I don't want to be yeah. around all this. You know, yeah. where Pac seemed to enjoy being in that mix. And, uh, and, and, and you see what, what, what kind of happened, yeah. um, you know, so I wonder if there's like lessons to learn from that in terms of just survival, like things that I think young men and women could pick up from in terms of thinking about just how you move surroundings, who your friends are, who your enemies are, stuff like that. What, what do you think about that? I, you know, I, I work with, you know, with the um, program I have on campus. Um, we talk about these things all the time. And I, um, I got this from my brother, um, Ron Suggs is AEO. You know, alignment, empowerment, and ownership. A lot of times we align ourselves with people that don't empower us, but we take ownership of that. And we got to mm-hmm. tell those kids to start aligning themselves with people that empower them and then take the ownership. And somehow we don't like to take the ownership of things that can empower us. It's like it's the opposite. So when you, Tupac was just at 25, just naive, he's the people's champ, people love him, and he wanted to keep it real on both sides, keep it real with the streets keep it real with his political aspirations and people and things like that and in that circle you always got that judah you always got these people i, I think about the um the movie malcolm x what spike lee did and remember when if you look at this going by the movie if you um look at when malcolm x spoke he always gave it up to the honorable elijah muhammad in the movie right then there's one guy saying i think he's getting too much face time you know, mm. that type of thing, that too much FaceTime type thing. Now, mind you, he always gave it up to where he came from, right? But other people's in the circle, this is me paraphrasing, not being literal. I don't know if it's true or not, but just for the point, paraphrase is that 
He was giving it up and ripping it and taking it to a whole nother level so he can get the, 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 to the masses. And you always got somebody thinking that. That's always David Ruffin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and these mm. are the temptations. You know, right, so right. You, you get caught up in those um, situations. But I always tell the students that that is hard because, Doc, there's incentive for ignorance. There is a heavy, big incentive for ignorance. If you look at what's winning and what's crazy is we're becoming the, the face of ignorance. And we didn't start this. We didn't do Girls Going Wild and all the ratchet stuff you saw out there with in the 90s with Girls Going Wild, all the doing that. We didn't do that, but they put in a stamp. That's that's us in our culture of hip hop. That's us. We're becoming the face of that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And we shouldn't be because they say, somebody do something wrong and go, he did it. Now, all you're doing is focusing on the people that's currently in that position. But it started here. And we're becoming the face and then we take ownership of it. It don't mm. empower, it temporarily empowers us, but it don't empower us for the whole. We don't take um, ownership of things that empower us. It's, you know, we don't want to do that. It takes too much work when I can get paid to be ignorant. Mm. Get paid you know to be ignorant. Wow. Wow. Well, everybody, I want you to know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to Vigilante out of Kansas City, Kansas. And uh, we're talking about what happened with Tupac and the arrest of Keefe D for the murder of Tupac uh, 27 years ago. And uh, also, I want everybody to look at Vigilante's um, Instagram information right there, truththereason.com. Underscore Vigilante and the website is truththereason.com. So go check him out because uh, he does real great work. He's the most knowledgeable person I know about hip hop history. I said at the beginning, I think you should be teaching at Harvard, man. And I, I hope that they listen to him because uh, because they 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 really need somebody like you to really explain their history. I'm, now I'm gonna read some of this to you about what ha- what Keefe D. This what's crazy is here's here's my here's here's where I'm gonna go with this. First yeah. off, the, the reason one of the reasons I've talked about this topic. Uh, is because a lot of people know I'm a finance professor and people don't understand that uh, I view the death of, of Biggie and Pac as an economic crime. You know, both of these guys, if they were alive, uh, give me a guess if you understand, both of these guys will be billionaires right now. Both of these guys were worth tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars as assets to their companies. Uh, when Tupac told Suge Knight, I want to go start my own label, uh, that was a massive economic threat because Tupac was the he was the Michael Jordan of what was at that time, the Chicago Bulls of the music industry. Like they were winning championships every season. And uh, and I'm sure that that did not make uh, Suge happy. Right. Which adds another conspiracy theory. Uh, Biggie was the cash cow for Diddy. Uh, you know, Biggie was the guy that was, uh, you know, just so dominant in, in the music industry. And I remember having both of those guys albums. A lot of us did. And so a lot of people don't understand that this was economic warfare also in the sense that uh, if I kill your guy, not only am I hurting you and getting revenge, but I'm also messing up your money. Right. And in the middle of warfare, that's what soldiers do to each other. That's what armies do to each other. We're going to take your stuff. We're going to we're going to destroy everything you got. And we're going to and we're going to be wealthier because we've conquered you now. Right. We're going to be able to dominate territory. Right. Stuff like that. So uh, one of the things I'll tell you, man, is I believe that the best way to really know what happened with, with Pac and Keefe D is to maybe read what Keefe D wrote, man. I'm, I'm going to read a little bit to this to you. I'm going to get your reaction on this vigilante because I know you, you know a lot about this stuff. So basically, if you read the New York Post, they said that uh, uh, Keefe D, whose last name is Davis, uh, what's him, Dwayne Davis, um, they said after the after the boxing match, they basically uh, you had the fight between Tupac Shakur and or or his group, his crew, 
and Orlando Davis. And uh, and basically what Keefe is saying is he'd already agreed to help the guys on the East Coast get revenge. But he said that when they jumped his nephew, he said, uh, I can't believe these studio gangsters are going to jump my nephew. He said, basically, he was like, oh, that now it's very personal. And it says here that after the match, Tupac and then Death Row Records boss uh, Suge Knight and their alleged gang, the Ma Pyru Bloods, attacked his beloved nephew, Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, at the hotel, an altercation which was called on camera. Davis and his crew were waiting at a different meeting spot. And in the book, he explains how some members of the 118 East Coast Crips came running up to their group to inform them uh, quote, some death row N-words, jump on my nephew down by the casino. He wrote, we couldn't let no no record company studio gangsters do us like that. They had lost their, their effing rapping ass minds. Uh, then he says, uh, it says, Davis says he had already agreed to help Tupac's East Coast rivals, including Puffy, Sean Combs, but says he didn't go to Vegas with the intention of getting in trouble with Tupac. However, he added that, a- that how after he jumped his nephew, it became ominously personal. While they were preparing to head to Club 662, where Tupac was set to perform, Davis says a man named Eric Von Zip pulled up to him in, in a, uh, pulled pulled him up into his Mercedes Benz, showed him a gun, reportedly telling the now alleged murderer, "It's time to get the money." Uh, so I don't know what they're talking about with the money, but you know, it it could mean somebody was offering money to go handle this, right? And again, this is what is being reported in the New York Post. Davis, Anderson, and two other men waited in the back parking lot of the club for Tupac and his entourage to come outside. Quote, there was no need for words. We all understood why we were there, he, he wrote. After Tupac didn't show up for an hour and a half, Davis ordered his men to leave and they went to a liquor store. At that point, they happened to cross Tupac and Suge's car, which they instantly recognized because the rapper was hanging out the passenger window as fans called his name. Uh, Davis' car pulled a U-turn, rolled up alongside the car. Davis claims he saw Tupac reach underneath into the car to grab a weapon, and that's when the fireworks started. Quote, one of my guys from the back seat grabbed the Glock and started busting back. Davis wrote in his book, as the rounds continued flying, I ducked down so I wouldn't get hit. Now, I, I want to get your reaction on this. Um, I'll start with one thing that I noticed there. Uh, one thing Davis said that really stuck with me that was real interesting, made me think about stuff my father used to say. He said the reason that we knew that Pac was in the car was because he was hanging out the window yelling at the girls. He said, if he wasn't hanging out the window, we wouldn't have even known it was him. In China, and I hope everybody can hear this. I'm going to share this in. I want Vigilante to take over because he's, he's he's the historian. He's you the guy that knows more about this than I do. In China, they have a saying. I remember when I was when I, I taught I taught finance in China for a little bit, and they have a whole different culture. They don't do the whole loud, you know, like look at me type thing. They they try to fit into the group. They try to mesh into the into the group. And I asked one of my students, I said, why do y'all, why, do, why does everybody do that? Like back at home, people, they like attention. You know, the people, rappers be like, look at me, look at me. She said that when she said, we have a saying, she said, we have saying in China that the fattest pig always gets slaughtered. Mm-hmm. And what they, so what they teach their kids when they're little is, you know, be careful about seeking attention because that attention that you get could be the thing that takes you out. Mm-hmm. You know, or like you always said, uh, a moment can last a lifetime. You know, I remember hearing you say that 15 years ago. And so so when 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 he said that Pac was hanging out the window and that was how he knew it was him, that's how his enemies came. That made me want to just say to young young guys, especially like, be careful when you're seeking attention, because everybody that's giving you attention ain't your friend. Your enemies are watching, too. Your haters are watching, too. So uh, so you have to be real thoughtful about 
uh, about sort of looking for that attention because it may not end up the way you want it to. Uh, I'll let you take over from that, man. Go ahead, please. Instead of hanging out the window, they're hanging out on Instagram, showing guns, showing all the different things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So now there's even more attention on you. People have shot videos and and got the and went live, and then guys come and shoot the video set up. Shoot up, shoot the one uh, a great rapper. I think he would have been one of the biggest Chicago rappers, Young Pappy. Mm. Um, I think he got shot up at, at a shoot or something, or got caught up by McDonald's. Somewhere he got shot. And he, you know, because they going back and forth with that. Young Pappy was, uh, he would have been one of the best Chicago rappers ever, you know, just with, with that style that's winning now there. Um, but yeah, with that situation with Park being noticed and that happened, and then he said that let's go get the money. Um, it would insinuate that somebody, like I say, had a bounty out like that, a bounty mm -hmm. out like that. But sometimes people also do double talk. In the streets, you get double talk too. Say what that, you know, because I can get people in something that may, the perception could have been that. Who had the money? Was it, is there's a meeting that you had with this said person? Because if you look at what he's saying, he's implicating somebody. But my thing is that whoever it was, if Pop, if you look at the video, Shook is handling his business with the guy, stomping him out pretty much, right? Pop didn't even have to go over there. That's the part that always get me about this video is that I think he wanted to really show that he's really down mm. and he came in and added the extra kick to it. Yep. You know, it's almost like when somebody breaks up a fight, right? And y'all stop. Then somebody come and give you that extra push, and you just you go bananas after that. You well, like I mean? it, like like those late like a late hit in football. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they you know, they made the tackle, but you got to come in and get your hit in. Yeah. In other words, I would respect it, the beat down I got, but you came in and you gonna do it too. Now it's, it becomes something else. I think that could have been so preventable that situation that night. And um, and you looked at because Pop came in, he was hyped. You looked at some of the scenes him going to the uh, Mike Tyson fight. He was hype, hype, and it's just that naive confidence, you mm -hmm. know, because you don't know who's around you. And that's yep. the thing. That's where the incentive comes in that, is that people will gas you up for your destruction. People mm. will gas people, you up for your people destruction. People will gas you up. Say that again. People will gas you up for your destruction. Your destruction. Yep. And I, I, think, I think that the media did that, too. Yeah, of I course. Think, when, of I course. think when, when all those uh magazines were really like getting their ear, like, well, did you hear what they said about about you on the West Coast? And did you hear yeah. what so and so yeah. said? Yeah, I, I agree. I think people will do that. People will nudge you on. Yeah, uh, it happens on the internet all the time. Yeah, I would get that. I, I would have people come to me. Eat. I mean, it's crazy. I'm 50, 52 years old now, but people will still come to me on the internet and be like, Did you hear what so and so said about you? Like, yeah. and I'm and I'll be like, get get out of my face with that nonsense. I'm yeah. trying to focus on my purpose. I ain't trying to focus on beefing with people. That makes you but, small. That made that that only serves to harm what you're trying to accomplish. And uh, and, and you're right, man. Like like people, like I, I think the best advice for any young person, man, is don't listen to your friends because your friends will give you very bad advice. Uh, focus on your purpose. You think about Tupac, right? He mm -hmm. was a guy that was changing the world. Yeah. I mean, if Tupac had lived, Tupac would be a billionaire. He he would be uh he would be uh he could be a he could he could have been a, a Muhammad Ali type of influence on the world. Political force, for, for yeah, man, a political force <clears throat> unlike any other, and yeah. he was becoming that. He was figuring that out. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 but yet it's, it's always the tiny minded Negroes that, that try to throw you off of that. You know, I call them the Negro naysayers, you know, the people that find a problem for every solution don't want to see nothing rise. Right. Like I want you in the dirt with me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that with Pac, that's what bothers me so much, makes me sad about it is that, you know, is that, is, is that because he had this commitment to say, I'm gonna keep it real. I'm gonna still be street. I'm gonna still be, you know, what I was before. It's like, no, man, because there's so much chaos there. There's so much death. You know, at that time, so many guys were dying, you know, and, and the guys who made it out, if you pay attention, look at that era, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who didn't make it out? Uh, Pac didn't make it out. Easy E didn't make it out. Suge Knight pretty much didn't make it out. He's still alive, but you know yeah. what happened with him in prison and all that. Uh, who made it out uh, and, and did well? Uh, Dr. Dre is now a billionaire. He made it out. Uh, 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 Ice Cube. Uh, yeah. he, he's on, he's on his way to being a billionaire. He's worth several hundred million dollars. He made it out. Uh, uh, who else? Uh, Snoop, Puppy, Dog. Uh, Snoop Dogg made it out. Now Snoop Dogg is like this lovable, almost like a cartoon <laughs> right here. You know, he's, he's become the most, uh, the most harmless, you know, uh, non, what do they call it? Non, uh, non, yeah, non, non offensive black person ever. Right. But, but still he's doing well. He's getting his money. Right. Yep. The guys that made it out, I believe were the guys who knew how to draw a boundary, who knew the limits, who kind of said, you know, I need to rise above some of this if I'm going to survive this. I, I can't be getting into gangster shit everywhere I turn. Uh, you know, and because that's what you you hear Snoop in his voice. He's like, man, it just got to be too much, you know, or, uh, or Ice Cube. You know, guys like that, I think they saw a longer vision. They said, I want to be around to see my grandkids and I want to be around to live. I don't want to I don't want to die at 25 years old. And you remember that um you remember the thing that got that that made me go viral on your uh, channel years ago about um the the Suge Knight and Dr. Drake thing. A lot of people got mad at me because I said Dr. Um Suge Knight was Drake liberation and it you know it went viral. Well I say I tell my students this, um doctor, if you dance with the devil, don't get mad when you feel on your booty because he's not a gentleman. And mm. what happened was that it was cool in the beginning. You uh, you knew who he was from the beginning because he showed you. Then once you start to see things, you got uncomfortable. So that was the only problem that people had with the situation. These guys, when it was all going good, when they were stomping down buildings in New York and all these different things, you know what I mean? They was with it. You know, Death Row, 1995, Source Awards. See, Death Row was so big and so feared, it could give you the naive confidence that nobody could take you out because you're death row. People, executive feared you. At the Source Award, you saw they got on stage and, you know, say, oh, y'all don't, y'all, y'all not rock with us. So we gave those young guys, and it was young, confidence. And then once they started realizing, I got family. And to me, what changed Snoop was the murder was the case when he was almost, you know, went to jail for murder. I think mm-hmm. that right there changed him. Then he mm-hmm. got away and Master P saved him you know what i'm saying mm. and then he could go to greener pastures dre got away and took say you can have all this because god gave me the talent i'll be able to recreate that guy with eminem and as you see the dre now but those guys at one time was in the belly of that you know dre had some issues you know with pump it up d bonds they was doing things he grew out of it but i'm saying these guys was first all down with that you know what i mean and mm. then as they got hot they got out the water, which rightfully so. Rightfully so. When we try to tell people, like in the movie Boys in the Hood, they basically all what all Snoop them did and Cube did is what oh uh, Cuba um 
Junior, um, good and Junior um, character did, let me out the car. Remember when he was going to do the drive-by to get mm -hmm. to get revenge on Ricky? They said, let yep. me out the car. Snoop got out the car. Ice Cube got out the car, but didn't even get in the car. And um, Dre got out the car before it crashed. You know what mm. I'm saying? And what we tell young people is everything's cool until it's not. And when it's not, that's when you're going to see who's really cool with you. So it's, you want to put yourself in those situations. Man, I, I tell you what, that, those are wise words, brother. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I, I, we could, we, we got to come back and have more of these conversations yeah. because as I tell y'all vigilante, uh, if you're looking for a hip hop historian, um, this is your guy. Uh, he's a great artist. Uh, his son, uh, is, is your son still, still an artist? Yeah, Riz Illuminated, man. Riz Illuminated. He had okay. the name before that name got popular. The Riz name is kind of popular with the young crowd, but it's Riz Illuminated, man. Riz, you know, he's, he's, he's a real dope artist doing his thing, man. You should check him out. Something different. He's something different lyrically. I put him with anybody, you know what I'm saying? Because okay. he's different. Got his own lane, six five, doing his thing, you know. So definitely proud of that, and proud of you know just proud of um watching young people learn. Now Kansas City ain't no nice city either. Just yeah. learning from these situations, salute to Tech Nine, Rich the Factor. But um, it's it, it's one of those things that we have to maneuver in a better way, brother. Is is that sooner or later we have to get it, or we'll never have it. This is what I'm mm. saying. We have to get it. We'll never have it because our history gets so erased that we'll never have it. Even in the rap field, brother, I, I end with this. If you look at lyrical MCs, other um, race are taking the lyrical ability more serious than we are. We're dumbing down our lyrics and we're um, we're getting paid to dog our, our, our people out. That's the incentive versus anything else. You know what I'm saying? So that's the crazy thing about it, bro. Mm. Well, that, you know that's and, and that that's what's interesting too, right? We we mm -hmm. I can't think of any other group of people right now that is uh is where a few select people are being paid lots of money to completely yeah. destroy the culture, disrespect the women, uh, teach young people things that are going to destroy them. Uh, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you want young black men to get hooked on drugs, uh, go out killing each other, go to prison, and all that? But that's what's happening. Hip hop is the most persuasive form of marketing out here. Mm -hmm. And this is the economic part of it that people don't see. Uh, you know, back uh, Russell Simmons, back with Run DMC, uh, yeah. he showed he, he got Adidas to sign them to an endorsement deal by showing how uh, Run DMC was able to get people to buy Adidas sneakers more than mm -hmm. anything they'd ever seen. And uh, same thing's true. So same way Run DMC could get young people to buy Adidas sneakers. Uh, you can also, Future can convince young people to go get Molly Percocet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, even, even, but if you even go back a generation, I remember um, <laughs> a Nate dog, you know, hey, 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 smoke <laughs> weed every day, right? And I'm not, this is not a judgment on whether or not people no. should smoke weed. I, I know that that's a, that's a controversial topic, but I do think that, that weed is one of the ways they're getting black men now because this weed ain't the old school weed. This is no, not, it ain't real. Nat, this, ain't, ain't, <laughs> yeah, this ain't no natural stuff. They laced it with fentanyl and all kinds of crap. Yeah. And it's killing it's killing tons and tons of people. So just be careful out here, man. You gotta protect your neck, watch your back, because these people don't love you. You know, we we do care about you, and that's why we have these conversations. So I hope this discussion was helpful to you. Uh, I'll let you get the last word, man. Please uh, go ahead. I got something coming out um next year, and I'm definitely gonna pick your brain on it. You know, we hear the the term the land of the free and the home of the brave, right? We hear that we heard that term before. I got mm -hmm. something coming out next year, good Lord will. 
the land of the free and the home of the slave. Mm. I want the, land of, the land of the fee and the home of the slave. Nice, nice. So, because everything is a fee to it. And the more I credit everything else, we, we, we're slaves to all these things that have fees to it. Even music. Rappers pay for studio. They pay for all these different things and they only get a half of a penny on the stream. The most gangster thing is streaming, changing the CD. Think about this, man. When you buy a CD, right? You can go in a barbershop and you can get 10 people to buy it at $10. That's 100 bucks. You can get a mm. million people to stream your stuff and you might not get no more than a thousand, but if a million people bought that single for 99 cents, look how much money you have. They have tamed and infiltrated the music thing. It's criminal, man. So everything got a fee. Rappers pay for videos, pay for studio, pay for marketing, pay for things. And then they'll, and then you're trying to make money off that little bitty song that somebody done already ripped. Mm. So yes, it's the land of the fee and the home of the slaves coming soon. All right, all right, land of the fee, home of the slave. All right, so everybody, if you want to follow Vigilante, uh, his website is truththereason.com. So everybody, go check that out. Uh, under and his uh, Instagram is truththereason.com underscore Vigilante, spelled V-I-G-A-L-A-N-T-E-E. -E. And I want to spell it so, uh, for everybody that's listening on Apple or listening on Spotify. Don't forget, you can find this podcast there. Also, uh, uh, I have a new book out called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. If you want to get a copy of that book, you can go to drboycebooks.com. Uh, last but not least, don't forget we're having uh, the, the All Black National Convention on October 20th. This is where we get the greatest collection of intelligent black people on the planet to solve, to do nothing but solve problems for the black community. And that means every kind of problem from relationships to, to, our, to entertainment to politics, uh, to economics, of course, and you, you know we got you. So feel free uh, to join us in Atlanta, October 20th, allblacknationalconvention.com. Uh, thank you all. Thank you, LaShawn Rush. I see you in there. And thank you, David Smith and Linda Armstrong and Kyra Davis and Chairman of the Poor. Uh, God bless you guys. I'm going to bring Vigilante back. We'll have more of these conversations. I want to say thank you, brother. I appreciate your time. And all Black National Convention is dope. The one in Louisville is great. Y'all should go out there. You're in Atlanta. Go out there and get some real good lessons on finance and just good camaraderie. My students enjoyed themselves when you invited us down there. So, man, salute to you I, on that. I remember that, man. I remember that. Yeah, well, you know, if you and the students ever want to come back, y'all y'all got free admission. Just just gotcha. hit me up. Hit gotcha, me up. Brother. And I, I got to get back out to KCK, man. I ain't been yeah, out there Come out there, man. We got to come speak. We got you. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good, a lot of good people out there. A lot of good people. And so, all right, so everybody, have a good day. Uh, my kids are waiting on me. Actually, we we're supposed to have a meeting four minutes ago, so I'm about to roll up out of here. Everybody, hit that thumbs up button, thumbs up, share. Make sure you subscribe before you go. Uh, we'll check back in with you a little bit later. Have a good day, everybody. Peace.